Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. My name is Pastor Nancy Cole, and welcome to Fit for Life. In the month of June, we're on a journey looking at um, revival. (laughs) It's here, but how do we get it? And last week, we talked about the history of revival. We discussed the Baptist church that had a tremendous move of the Holy Spirit. And then when man got involved, and when I say man, I mean men and women, when man got involved, then God's spirit couldn't move the way he wanted to, and so he went away. And then the Baptists had to form a theology that said, it's not for today. (laughs) Then we talked about promise keepers. And in the beginning, that was an incredible move of the Holy Spirit. And then once again, man got involved and God's spirit moved away. Then we talked about the Catholic Church and when they had the marriage encounter. Uh, That was more for, for my generation when that came out of the church and acknowledging that not everybody in the Catholic Church is saved or even halfway saved. But this was a group of people that dearly loved God. And God gave them an actual outline for a marriage encounter that swept across the United States and was a mighty move of God. So here we are, 2023. And if you're on social media at all or are watching any kind of Christian news, then you know that the Spirit of God is moving right now. So it's not like we have to do anything to have it happen. It's, it's God's intent, it's his desire that he would anoint his children and cause us to be part of the wave of this next move of God. So last Sunday we looked at, okay, what's in the way? And the first thing is repenting because the, the uh, uh, move of God that broke out in that college, um, it didn't start from anointed music, although we love anointed music, and it didn't start from a program or a video. It started from one single student going down front and pouring his heart out in repentance, and that touched the heart of God, and suddenly that revival broke out. So our instructions were um, just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you one area where you may need to have the Holy Spirit come in and do a rotor rooter. And again, it has nothing to do with your salvation. You're saved. And it has nothing to do with your blessings. But it might have something to do with pulling the revival spirit that is right around us into this church at this time. So that's what we talked about last week. This is session number two. So let me open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you do not leave us without instructions. You do not just depend on us reading your word to get our marching orders. You give us instructions and input all around us. So let us have eyes to see and ears to hear. And thank you, Father, for each person who's here this morning and for those that will be listening to the podcast later on. And bless us all. And God's people said, Amen. As I always say, and I don't mean to be redundant, but you know that God just drops something for me to teach uh, whenever I'm getting ready to do a class. Now, it's not like I wait until Saturday night or Sunday morning. I mean, I am looking from the time I say, God bless you, and you leave the room, I'm looking for what's next. But I was really excited this morning when I was studying uh, some things that were in the Torah portion, and it's like, oh my gosh, Lord, this fits right in. So 
The reason that I enjoy studying uh, the Jewish way of looking at God and the Bible is because they always have, this is the other side of the story. When I was growing up uh, in the Baptist church and I heard about Moses saying, you know, if you're going to kill all these people, then, you know, to write, take my name out of the, the book too. And I remember thinking, okay, that makes no sense. I'm not about to give up my salvation for anybody. So I was greatly relieved to discover that the book they were talking about was the yearly book of blessing. And I didn't know about that until we got to New Beginnings with Pastors Larry and Tiz. And then that story in the New Testament about the gal that, you know, dropped the coins. It's like, okay, so she lost some coins. What's the big deal? Well, if you don't understand the Jewish history, you don't understand that that was like she lost the diamond out of her engagement ring. And which one of the... Sorry, guys, but I'm going to talk to the women just for a second. Which one of us, if we lost the diamond out of an engagement ring, wouldn't be calling all of our girlfriends and everybody's like, help me find that sucker. I can't go back and go out with my honey with a, a, a sticky thing without a stone. So it made more sense to me that she was desperately trying to find those coins because that was like her engagement. She didn't want to look like she hadn't been paying attention. Which leads me to the story that the Lord brought to me this morning. How many of us remember the story of the 12 spies that Moses sent out to go and look out the land? Yeah. Now, if you grew up in Sunday school, then you probably have a little bit of disdain in your spirit for those 10 weak men who came back going, oh, we're grasshoppers in our eyes, isn't in their eyes too? Because that's the teaching that we got. But there's another side of the story. Say, well, why are you teaching me this? Well, I have a suspicion that some of us may be living in the lane that those 10 men were living in. Because right after repentance, in order to get revival, comes change. Now, I'm not a fan of change. Honey loves change. I mean, he would prefer that I rearrange the house every month. But with me, when we move into something, I size up the furniture, I size up the room. I know exactly where the chair is going to go when we move into the room, and I don't want it moved. And it doesn't matter how many years we live there. Please, just leave it where I put it. I'm even that weird about um, knickknacks. I'll call them knickknacks. They're my special things. Um, when the cleaning people come, <clears throat> and for those of you that aren't in the room this morning, Don has his head down, and he's shaking his head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, when the cleaning people come, my greatest joy is walking into that clean house and then going room by room by room, putting things back the way that I had them. Now, for a long time, honey was like, why don't you just tell them where you want it? It's like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. This is my joy. I don't have to do anything. I just put it back in order, and I get to step back and enjoy the clean room. Didn't make much sense to him, but he's learned to live with it. So now pretend, pretend, pretend that either you were one of the men that was sent in to spy out the land, or you were married to one of those men. They were godly men. You can go back and read the story. They were the leaders of their tribe. They knew Torah. They had been studying with Moses for a long time. But And I'm going to move to my right, because remember I don't talk about the left right now. It makes me emotional. It's like, Arr. okay, so I'm moving to the right. But they were living in a land where everything was provided and where miracles were happening. And they were so excited. It was a wonderful journey. They saw so many things that the hand of God moved on their behalf. And their main concern 
was if they go into this land flowing with milk and honey, we're no longer going to have manna provided. We're going to have to work. And it just might take us away from all of the sweet spiritualness that we experienced in the desert. Now, I know you're sitting there. Some of you are thinking, where the heck did she get that? Well, remember, we have the Bible. We have Torah. We have an oral translation. And then we have centuries where the Jewish people have passed down history. I wasn't there, but maybe 20 generations back, somebody was there. And they talked to their kids. And they talked to their kids. The, the example that God gave me this morning was uh, maybe some of you have grandparents that were around in the Vietnam War. And heaven forbid that one of your grandfathers was with the troop, platoon, whatever, that went into a village and wiped out the village, which became big news. They took pictures of everything. And so you always thought, you know, what a wimp. But before Grandpa died, he sat down and talked to you and said, you know, Junior, I just wanted to tell you the whole story about that. And he said, "Um, all of the men that I joined the military with, we were all over there together. But most of my close buddies were in two platoons that, that went into that village ahead of me. And the first platoon was wiped out because that's where the enemy, they were hiding in the schools. They were hiding in the hospitals. They were, they were using children and women uh, to shield them. And the whole platoon got blown up. We all heard about it. We all knew what was going on. And we tried our best to shoot missiles, things in there to, to wipe out the, the enemy, but it didn't happen. So then we sent our very best team in because we figured they could make it through. And all of us heard that they were entirely wiped out. Now suddenly, as a little boy, you're listening to that story with new eyes and ears, and it's like, what happened? What happened, Grandpa? And then Grandpa said, we knew we were walking in to a nightmare. We knew that What we had to do was kill the children because they were in front of the enemy. It made all of us sick to our stomach. Some of us never recovered from that experience. But we knew that if we didn't do our job, if we didn't step in and do something that was socially unacceptable and even humanly horrific, that more men were going to be killed. I'd already lost all of my buddies that I went through boot camp with. I couldn't afford to lose more. Now suddenly that newspaper story that you'd been reading all those years about this platoon that went in and wiped out a village of women and children had an entirely different story to it, didn't it? That's kind of what I want us to look at this morning with those 10 spies. They weren't weak, weird guys. They loved God so much. And what they wanted more than anything was to keep that intimacy with their Heavenly Father. Now, they didn't meet and say, okay, how are we going to screw this up? How are we going to make this thing not happen? They didn't do that, but they were honestly saying, you know, we're tiny here. They're big. They're industrialized. They've got everything going for them. I don't think this is a good idea. We, we've been marching, of course, but we're, we're little. We don't have much, much to fight with. I think we need to go around the mountain one more time. Because their whole heart was in relationship with God and what they had experienced. Their whole heart was not in listening to God for how to change. Now, I've always 
believed that it was okay for me to put my furniture in the right place and have my knickknacks in a certain spot. But I got to tell you, if suddenly God came and said, uh, you're going to be moving, so clean out all that stuff because you're going to have two suitcases to take with you. At this stage of my life, I would go, yes, sir. And I'd be trying to figure out, okay, what's Deb going to like and what's Tracy going to like and dispensing everything that I had in order to get rid of it so that I could be ready for God. But that's because I've lived a long time and I have seen him move and I've seen him do things that I would have never wanted to do, but I know what it felt like when I did it. And so I have a different attitude than what I did 40, 50 years ago. Somebody must be sitting here going, where is she going with this story? I'm glad you ask, because here's the deal. To have revival requires change. I'm not saying it's going to be change in the music, although it may be. But if there is a change in the music that isn't quite your taste, suck it up. Oh, sorry, did I really say that out loud? Step into it. Say, look, Lord, how this music is affecting the people around me. Yes, praise God. It might be preaching style. I love the way Pastor Larry teaches. I love every sermon that he's ever given. I don't care if I've heard it 12 times. I love it again because he always has a new revelation to add to something. But it may not be for everybody. And we may have somebody in the pulpit that you're going, why did they have him or her come and preach? But that's where we keep our spirits praying, like, Lord, let this word touch somebody. Father, thank you that you have ordered and ordained for this person to be here this week. Thank you, Father. It's real easy for us to stay over here on the right and go, but I like it when Pastor Larry preaches. I like it when we sing those kind of songs because it worked for us. But we need to be willing, just like the children of Israel, to change. Why do you think those two guys were willing to stand up and say, we can take them? I got a story on that too. Okay. Each one of you were hand-packed for the assignment that God has in mind for you. I'm not like Deb. Deb's not like me. If I look at Deb and put my grid on top of her, what might I do? Judge her or try to mentor her, right? (laughs) But we need to take a look around and say, okay, who am I? Who are they? What do I need to change in order to be able to communicate, minister, disciple, and figure out how we can pull somebody along? You see, the easiest thing to do is to go back into our default suit and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them what to read. I'm going to tell them what book chapter to read. I'm going to tell them where they need to go. I'm going to tell them this. I'm going to tell them that. And what I am learning and discerning today is that telling does work, but it's not God's way. God's way is to say, what do you want me to say? Where do you want me to send them? I've got 50 years of history of good teaching, but that doesn't mean I'm going to throw it up every time I'm in front of a room. It means, Lord, show me what they need to hear today and keep the things that I've always loved talking about out of my mouth. Let me have the the rhema word for the ones that have shown up so that I can send them out And then we can pull down revival. The two spies that came back and gave the good report was because they had been hand-packed for that assignment. Now, I don't know why the other ten weren't hand-packed for that, but God only needed two out of ten. They were the ones that loved change. They were the ones that liked the fight. 
they were kind of bored with walking around and being fed manna. They wanted something different. So you may be sitting next to one of those in church on Sunday, or you may be listening to one of those preach. And you may be going, oh my gosh, that guy's really out there. But maybe they're one of the two that God hand-packed to move us from our comfort zone into being willing to change. You see, I'm pretty convinced <clears throat> Excuse me, this audience is more than willing to look at what might be standing in the way, more than willing to pray for the Holy Spirit to reveal what they need to get rid of, more than willing to, to help out in any way they can, but maybe not quite so willing to embrace change. What would happen if revival broke out this morning in the sanctuary? Well, we would miss our lunch date, wouldn't we? And there'd be really messy stuff all over. I mean, there'd be Kleenex and water bottles and people forget things. I mean, ask Tom and Connie what they find in the sanctuary when they come early and make sure that everything is in the back of the pews the way it's supposed to be. I saw Connie this morning with a couple of handfuls of stuff that she was carrying out to put in the trash can. It would be messy. It would not be organized. It would be a move of God. So my challenge to us this morning is after we have identified that, that thing that we need to let go of, to be willing to embrace change. Now, I'm no, I don't know any secrets. I'm not telling anything. We're not moving. Pastor's not retiring. But I do know that a move of the Holy Spirit requires something different. I've shared with you the last time in Portland when Pastor decided to anoint people. And our good friend that was on stage that, you know, every time he turned around with his hand raised, everybody's just piling up. And we talked to him afterwards. It's like, wow, how long have you had that? Because that's the first time that ever happened in my life. So it wasn't a person. It was a spirit of God. Pastor Larry was walking down the aisle uh, with oil and the people that were with him. And he would raise his hand and the whole roll would go down. Now, we were fairly new to the church, so for us it was very exciting. There were other people that were kind of like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Not because they didn't want a move of God, but because it was something so different. It had never happened before. It's so messy. We don't have any blankets, and the women are laying down, and they got skirts on. Does it sound like us and how we think sometimes? So my whole message is when God decides to reward us, you the faithful ones who have been pressing in and praying and believing and standing and fighting and pushing against the evil, when it comes, flat out go with it. Let it rock your life. <laughs> and be willing to say, Father, if it's from you, I want it. If it's not from you, don't let any drama touch anyone around me or me. Be looking for the next step of change. Be looking and listening for the next word that might come out to say, wow. I don't think it's an accident that um, God brought Pastor Troy to this ministry at this time. Um, without talking out of school, <clears throat> he's not on paid staff. He has an office here. Um, John Wilson, as you know, is our church administrator, and he's talked to, to Pastor Troy several times. And Pastor Troy says, I, I don't need a salary. He kind of goes where God leads him and doesn't go where God doesn't lead him. But I don't think it's by coincidence 
that God would have brought him here to this church at this season because he's so well connected and he has a way of explaining what we can do government-wise to change things. In uh, July, uh, two, two options are going to happen in July, but either in July or August, Pastor Troy will be teaching a class on all Wednesday nights about how to run for office. And we're not talking about President of the United States. We're talking about school boards and city councils and things like that. The city council here in Bedford is different from the city council in Irving. And what they are allowed to put up in the way of signs and things in Irving is not allowed here in Bedford. All that takes is some of us running for city council. All that takes is for some of us to say, "Mm, no, yeah, we're going to have something more flashy than, than what that previous group approved. A school board. Um, I got an email this weekend from um, a lady who's very high up in the Republican Party asking if I would be her co-chair for her district. And I read it, and I immediately sent it to Pastor Troy. And it's like, does this say what I think it's saying? And he said, yes, but I don't think she realizes that you live in Tarrant County, and she's in Dallas County, and you really can't be in that position. So then it's like, well, Lord, did she make a mistake? And it's like, oh, honey, she sent that to a lot of people. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm on her mailing list. Okay. So she wasn't just singling me out about you wonderful, special person. It went to a lot of people because she's looking for somebody on her mailing list that will step in and link arms with her. Can't be me because I live in Tarrant County. But that took Troy to figure all that out. I mean, he understands the language of legal stuff, of politics. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, God's going to move him quickly, but I think for the season where we need to understand what to do, how to run for office, how to be involved in school boards, uh, elections, I mean, all that stuff, I think he's going to be a resource and available. He does seem to accomplish a lot. I just have to say, he doesn't sleep much. It's like, but um, Don does have him on a health kick, and so he has lost weight. So we're getting him healthy for as long as he's here because we've got to keep him healthy and strong for all the things that God's hand-packed him. So why is Troy the way he is, and why am I the way that I am? Because the plan that God had for my life is very different. That's why I don't watch everything that other people watch, why I don't read everything that other people read. Um, It's not that I have a limited bandwidth in my brain, but it's like I understand my calling, and so I have to be real careful what I put in there. I have to be real careful what I pay attention to. And for the last 35, 40 years, it's gotten narrower and narrower and narrower. That's why we watch Perry Mason instead of some of the other programs that are out there. Yeah, <laughs> we have more than one TV in our house for that reason. Um, but and, and no condemnation, please don't hear that. But just be willing to take a look. Uh, because what we tolerated last year, we may not be able to tolerate this year. And that's okay. And as long as we keep our hearts soft and don't get real judgmental about what somebody else does or doesn't do, then we won't become one of those religious idiots. We'll be someone that God can use. And if you see a brother or sister that's become one of those religious idiots, certainly not in this church, you'll meet him in the drugstore, then pray for them. Say, Father, soften their heart. Let them feel your love. Because a child of God who really feels loved by God, we don't get religious. 
I was listening to a woman um, who was birthed out of this ministry in Portland, Oregon. Um, And she was on a panel with three men and then herself. And you could tell the professional pastor. And it wasn't any specific thing that he said, but it was kind of a way that he said it. And as I'm listening to him, because, I mean, I'm, I'm a student of communication, so I'm always trying to figure out, you know, the, what works and how it works. And so the moderator kept pulling the questions away from that religious leader and funneling the questions to my friend Jenny Donnelly. Because Jenny speaks like we talk. And her message is really easy to understand, but she doesn't sound like the rest of the people who have been pastors of churches. Now, they have a church in Portland, Oregon, but the call that's on her life is different and is bigger than just pastoring that church. So Jenny has stayed true to how she was hand-packed. She hasn't changed how she communicates in order to be more socially acceptable in the big league. She's still who she was. All that to say, if you're listening to this later on or if you're in the room this morning, you are hand-packed with a message that only you can deliver. It's not going to be like anybody else can deliver. But you have the message, you have the words, you have the way, you have the authority, and you have the reach. So be willing. Now that you've identified what you needed to let go of, and let, let me step over here. This is a, a cul-de-sac. I shared that I had something identified for me last week. And so it's like, well, there's a reason I feel that way, but all right, whatever. Okay, so I had my prayer. And do you know that the next time I saw that individual, there was no division, not on their part or my part. And once again, I'm going, oh my gosh, Lord, why can I not learn this lesson? When I forgive someone in the spirit realm, it changes the physical. Why can I not remember that? You've heard my story about Don's mom, bless her heart. I mean, Don's mother loved Don's first wife. Don's first wife lived with her when he was in the military. So Don and she divorced and I came along. And in Pauline's mind, that was her name. She couldn't find a place for me. So I was that woman. So when she finally came to live with us, because she'd gotten too old to really take care of herself, um, she just wasn't real kind. And she hurt my feelings a lot. And I would go to Honey and try to explain what was going on. And he was, oh, Nancy, she's old. You know, come on, cut her some slack. Like, ah. He never saw it, so he didn't know. But finally, she manifested in front of him, and he's like, oh, my gosh, yeah, she's gone. Um, He found a place for her to go that was real close to us. But the point of the story is, at one point, I had to let go of my frustration with his mother. By this time, she was in a facility with dementia. She had very seldom called me by my name. She most often called me by his first wife's name. Um, She had, you know, physically pushed, kicked, so forth, never in front of honey. But she'd been physical, you know, nothing bad, but just because she was real little. I mean, if you met her, you would go, oh, Nancy, surely you're exaggerating. She was the cutest little thing, Southern Belle, just a darling little girl, always smiling, always happy, except for me. I forgave Pauline. It was a process. And the next time I saw her, she called me by name and she hugged me. Now, there was no way that woman in the natural 
could have changed her mind. She was in dementia in a facility. That was because I chose to confess to my Heavenly Father. I chose to forgive. I chose to fall in love with her. And it changed in the physical. So I don't know what you got going on in your life. Maybe it's for nobody in here, but somebody that's going to listen to it later on. But once you let go, once you forgive, once you get that out of the way, then God can put more good stuff in. And once we get to the point where we're going to embrace change, not everything, you discern. You listen and you discern. Lord, is this true? Lord, is this true? Because he'll tell you. And learn how to discern. Because once we open up the spirit realm, the good and the bad come in together. So just because it's spiritual doesn't mean it's from God. We have to be mature enough to discern. Is this from God? Does this line up with the word of God? Or is this something else? But before you embrace it, ask God. Because he'll tell you. (laughs) And then once you realize that it's God, be willing to let go and change. Be willing to say, I want something new. I'm not comfortable with change, Father. He knows that already because he hand-packed you. I'm not comfortable with change, but if you want me to have it, then yes, show me where you want me to go. Now, we got two more Sundays, so I got two more pieces to how to bring revival into this church. However, God doesn't have to wait until we get through lesson three and four. (laughs) He can do it today. (laughs) So be expecting. Be looking for it. Be looking for, okay, what do I need to embrace? What do I need to do? Because more than anything at this stage in life, I want to be around. I want to be around when that next revival hits. I want to be around to see the miracles that God's going to do. I have always believed that there would be times when we would just walk through hospitals and one side and the other side, babies be healed. People would be yelling. They would be crying. Families would be saved because of what Jesus had done and paid the price for. I believe for that. But I got to make sure that my skirts are clean, (laughs) that my words are good. Like Pastor Larry always says, heaven help us if we get home to heaven. And Jesus said, I was going to come earlier, but you remember that sermon you taught? (laughs) Let it not be anything that we have said or done. Let us be the ones that have the fertile ground. So when God speaks, we respond and we bring heaven onto earth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everyone who's here this morning. Lord, we get emotional sometimes when we think, about the stories in the Bible and the things that people did and we don't understand it. And yet sometimes when we take a look at it and dig deep, we are them. So help us, Father. Help us not to hang on to things that we need to forgive and help us, Father, to be able to embrace change. Whatever you ask us to do, let us hear and obey. Let us hear and obey. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And all God's people said, amen.